Welcome to the Ultimate Plot Twist Podcast, where each time we meet, you'll hear stories from ordinary people like me and you who have found huge blessings from the most unexpected places. Hi, I'm your host, Jen Barger. I'm a wife and a mom to two amazing kids, one of which just happens to have Down syndrome. And when we were handed this challenging and yet quite rewarding plot twist, it was the stories, the people, the recommendations from others that has helped us the most. I can't wait to learn more from these amazing people together and hope that you too walk away feeling a little more encouraged, a little more equipped, and feeling much less alone. Let's get to it. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of The Ultimate Plot Twist. I'm your host, Jen Barger, and I'm here with a family friend from my childhood. This is Meredith Hall, and it's so fun to me to get to introduce you guys to her because this is Meredith, man, I I should have said this while we were sitting there talking a minute ago. Like Meredith plays both a part in my story as a new mom with Down syndrome. He reached out to me. Um, when we first found out about my son and everything, but th- Meredith also plays a role in how I even found Jesus. I don't even know if you know that really? in my childhood. Yes. In my youth, yeah. Meredith was a part of my youth group whenever I was growing up in Texarkana, Texas. And so we'll talk about that here in just a minute, but Meredith, can you tell us a little bit about who you are? Would you mind introducing yourself to my audience to start? Hello, I'm so excited to be here and um, just to talk to Jennifer and um, yeah, talk about life with kids with special needs and catch up a little bit. So um, I'm a wife and a mom and I um, we have three kids. My husband's a pastor and we homeschool. And so mm-hmm. that's wow. my world. So, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah. That's my <laughs> Have you homeschooled the whole time? Yes. So oh, our oldest is 13 and we can talk about, you know, all the kids, but the oldest is 13 and we've homeschooled from the very beginning. So wow. um, Hudson, our one with Down syndrome is the youngest. And right now he's in preschool and we're just taking it year by year. We're not anyway. Yeah. We can get into Yeah, that. I definitely want to unpack that. So tell me a little bit about your family. So you've been married now for how long? Whoa. I should have thought about that before I got married. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> we got married in 2006. Okay. June All right. year 2006. All so, right. And you guys quickly started a family not too long after that. Yes. I was 28 when we okay. got married. Okay. And 31. When our oldest was born, I think. Okay. Yeah. No, I know. I'm bad with dates. Like once we have kids, once I got married, it all just kind of skews together. I have no idea what day or time it is. (laughs) And so your oldest, what's his name again? Benjamin. Benjamin. Benjamin is 13. Um, And then we have a little girl, Mabry, who's 10. Yes. And then we have Hudson, who's six. Oh, that's awesome. So whenever you both like in terms of your pregnancies and how each of those went, I'm sure they were each a little bit different, different. Do you mind describing that a little? Sure. So with, uh, with Ben, with the oldest, we didn't have any trouble at all. Um, we, it didn't even enter my mind to be worried about getting pregnant, to be worried about anything going wrong. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Which is great. That's how it's yeah. 
he was born, no complications. And then after he was born, we had three miscarriages within a Mm. year. And then we had Mabry Mm. and Mabry, there were no complications. Everything Mm. was easy. Yeah. Great. And then after Mabry, we had three more miscarriages. Oh, wow. Meredith. (laughs) So, um, and then we got pregnant. We had, we had, we had Hudson. Um, so I was 39 by the time I was pregnant with Hudson mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and our OBGYN just offered us the blood test, the blood screening, which is like, mm-hmm. right. This is the way the story goes. Always. Yeah. <laughs> and so my OBGYN calls me one afternoon and says, um, the test came back positive for Down syndrome. She wasn't worried. She said, this test can be false, positive all the time. Um, she said, the only way to know for sure is an amniocentesis. And after all the miscarriages we'd had, that was, I'm like, you're not coming near me. Oh, that. right. Right. <laughs> yeah, that would definitely change your view of that for sure. Yes. So they sent us to, you know, the high risk pregnancy Mm -hmm. specialist Mm -hmm. at that point. And all of those ultrasounds looked perfect. I mean, like he had no markers for Down syndrome, which is very different from your story. Yeah, very. He had like his, I guess, long bones are one of the things they look at. Those were normal. The, what is that pocket at the back of their neck? Mm -hmm. The nuchal fold. Nuchal Mm -hmm. fold. That was Mm -hmm. normal. Um, I don't remember now what even any of the others were, but wow, but nothing, so, nothing, wow. but even, but those doctors, the high risk doctors still talked about this baby has down syndrome. Mm. So I was getting two different hmm. opinions mm-hmm. and, um, in my mind, it was like 50, 50. I mean, yeah. I really didn't know what to think. The doctors, the high risk doctors said, you know, do what you need to do to prepare, read the books, whatever. And I was like, I'm not doing anything. Yeah. I'm, wow. I'm just going to wait. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was going to ask you, did you try to process or, um, or re- you know, anything, but I guess if you're hearing such conflicting answers, you, why would yeah. you right? until you know what you know? Yeah. So, um, he was born three weeks early, but okay. still like 37 is full term. So yep. He was no big deal. He was full term, no big deal. The minute I saw him, I knew he has Down syndrome. Mm-hmm. And my husband didn't see it at first. And you know, in the delivery room, everything's just mm-hmm. chaotic crazy anyway, and chaotic. And um, but he was fine. You know, he was he was breathing fine. Nothing. They weren't trying to take him away from me and whisk him off to the NICU or wow do anything out of the ordinary. And those, those first few days I look back and they're really surreal because it's like, no one wanted to say the words down syndrome. (laughs) So for several days, no one's saying anything. No one's saying anything um, except our pediatrician at the time, who was only our pediatrician for one week after Hudson was born. (laughs) Our pediatrician, the first day he comes to see Hudson. He comes in the room at like four in the morning and starts in with this story about how when he was a kid, these kids with these kids, he's not mm. even saying Down syndrome. These kids were called mongoloids and they were sent off to an institution 
<laughs> I was like, what? Get out. My whole body got chill. Like, this is not 1950 when you're told this, no, when this I happened. Think he was trying to encourage me by saying, Oh, no. things have changed so much. Oh, no. But I was asleep when he came in. Oh. That's the first thing he starts off with. I'm just like, Am Oh, I my God. Like, what? what is happening? What is happening? So, oh, my word. Yeah. So, that's your first doctor yeah. experience after mm-hmm. Hudson's work. Okay. All right. Cool. So that's that setting a tone. Great. I mean, like yeah. OB was great yeah. about it. No one ever suggested abortion. Yeah, of course. I mean, right. Everyone right. was great. Right. Um, the nurses. Wow. Yeah. So, um, everyone, and he was nursing. I mean, he's doing all these things that, that, uh, that you worry about. So he, we get sent home. He's, he was born May 31st. We get sent home June 2nd, like normal. And then, uh, but when they let us go from the hospital, the only, there was this one thing. He wasn't peeing. Uh, so they're like, he has to pee and then you can go home. It's like everybody was cheering so hard for him to mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. be healthy and do well that it's mm-hmm. like, okay, we got to pee. Go mm-hmm. home. Mm-hmm. 24 hours after that, he didn't pee. Oh, no. So, again, I call this pediatrician who just says, yeah, you should probably take him to the ER. Oh, my god! So, now it's June 3rd. This is our uh, wedding anniversary. We had to take Hudson to the ER. We proceed to spend... This is like the worst day of my life. I mean, this day... To say it this was worse, this was worse than the day he was diagnosed with leukemia, which we'll talk about that. This day was um, we have this newborn with Down syndrome. We we don't know anything much about Down syndrome. I, this is the first person I've ever known with Down syndrome. Same for me, Meredith. I didn't yes. have anybody in my life. Nobody. I wish I had. I me mean, too. Wonderful people. I know. I don't know why. I don't know why I didn't. And I don't know if it was just different times or where we grew up, Meredith. I've even thought like, yeah, like what was it about our little small town? But I never saw I never anyone. Saw anyone with Mm-mm. Down syndrome? Maybe no. I just didn't have eyes to see because now I see. Right. That's true. Everywhere. That's true. <clears throat> so when we get to the ER, he hasn't peed in twenty four hours, and his temperature is low. So they start worrying about an infection and he's so dehydrated at this point that they can't even get blood from him. Three times they draw blood and it clots before they can even run any kind of test to see what's going on. Um, At one point they sent Derek and I out of the room so they could do a spinal tap on a three day old. And he was almost like, non-responsive. He was so dehydrated and so out of it, but that woke him up and he was screaming bloody murder. (laughs) You know, now I look back and everyone will tell you, you have to advocate for your child. And I feel like that was the day. If Meredith now went back to Meredith, then I would have gone up to whoever was sitting near a phone and said, you call the NICU right now and you tell them you have a three-day-old with Down syndrome in your ER 
that you're about to do a spinal tap on and see what they say. <laughs> it was a terrible day. He got admitted finally to the NICU. He was jaundiced, which was the reason why he wasn't nursing well. And, you know, they put him under the light. He spent a week in the NICU um, and he was great. He was yeah. nursing again. He just needed a good start. He just needed a good start. Yeah. So after the NICU stay, I I read. I mean, I read tons of books. This is how I function. Yeah. No, I did this prenatal. So I know exactly what you mean. Yes. Like I have a huge stack. Yes. And I still, I read anything and everything I can find on it, Meredith. I'm, yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. So, you know, I'm sitting there nursing and reading this book and mm-hmm. all the potential complications, which mm-hmm. is almost like, I, I don't know, you read it before Preston was born, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think I could have. I think I would have been like, I, I can't, I can't. It's a lot. This. Yeah. They don't do a good job of saying your child's not going to have all of this. Right. Right. Yeah. Just, yeah. So I think it's interesting that you bring that up because I do think the listener that might have a, like a prenatal diagnosis for sure, just the, you do need to hear that or the one that just got a diagnosis. Like it isn't a guarantee that the list of 20 things are going mm-hmm. to be your baby. It's a scary balance between being educated and over Like there's a fine line, right? Yes. And I have had to now, Meredith, stop with those books and stop with where we are in age, <laughs> meaning I'm reading up to four and then whatever can happen at five and six, because they typically go by age. I'm like, we're not touching that because I can't, I just can't, right? Yeah. This is where we are. Be present where we are. So that's yeah. what, that's been my role that's helped mm-hmm. me. We didn't experience grief over Hudson's diagnosis of Down syndrome. We even had nurses in the NICU who were saying things like, y'all are handling this really well, meaning the Down syndrome diagnosis. What do you think got you there, Meredith? Why? Well, I, I kept telling the nurses, I said, we've had six miscarriages. Oh, He's yeah. alive and well. Like, That's right. Yeah. I get it. He's in Perspective the is everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I... And the more that I was starting to like get to know Hudson, I even said to our pediatrician at one point before, you know, they do that blood work that they send off that you have to get back to really confirm. Yeah. Where you are. Yeah. Yeah. Once they're born. And um, I even said to our pediatrician who has a daughter with Down syndrome, I said, is it crazy that I'm hoping he does have it? And she goes, no, it's not crazy at all. I mean, this is where we were. Wow. Like, he's alive. We're yeah. Things about Down syndrome. That yeah. They just seem like not to stereotype. They're all, you know, we've, we've had yeah. many people. Oh, they're always happy. <laughs> yeah, no, they're not. <laughs> they're not. But there's just something different about it is. typically yeah. about people with Down syndrome that they're wonderful. I know. I try to tell people, I'm like, you, everyone needs a Preston in their life. Like, I can't explain yes. why. And I can't tell you what it's what, like, but I can guarantee anyone that does, you're just changed a little bit. And I, and I'm not quite, I can't quite put my finger on it, but I agree, Meredith. It is, yes. it is something special for sure. Mm-hmm. So, so Hudson's moving along. He's healthy. He's progressing. I'm sure there's probably some milestones you guys are working through, but so when, when is 
the moment that it transitions to a leukemia diagnosis? Because that's pretty yeah. huge. So for me, that it starts in March of 2020. Okay. Our family got to go to the beach. That um, It was the week before everything shut down for COVID. Oh, okay. Okay. The week before we left, Hudson had had an ear infection. So he was just finishing up antibiotics. But I just kept noticing he seems really tired, more than an ear infection. And then while we were at the beach, the ear infection came back, which is really unusual. So he just finishing up antibiotics. It comes back. I take him to one of these like urgent care kind of places. And the nurse is looking at his chest and he's got this rash. And I'm just, this rash has been coming and going and I've just been blowing it off, you know, like it's a virus. And I'm like, why do you care about this rash? Just give me some medicine for the ear infection and (laughs) let us go. We go back to the house that night and I have this memory in my head of sitting on the couch, holding Hudson. He's really tired. He's got this rash. He's got this ear infection that's back again and just feeling like something's off. But then literally like that next day or the next is when everything shut down. Really for about the next month, COVID just consumes everything. And husband's still not quite right, but I'm just distracted. Yeah. <laughs> Until um, now the, the, the tiredness never gets better, even once the ear infection has gone. And I mean, tired, like he would just plop down in the middle of the floor and sag over. And he's two at the time, like two year olds mm. don't sag over in the floor. Um, but even then I'm thinking, well, Maybe it's Down syndrome and the low muscle tone and he gets tired more easily. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm still trying mm-hmm. to figure out how does this, mm-hmm. how does this Down syndrome thing work? <laughs> Play into it all. Yeah. Yeah. Until um, one, it was the beginning of April and one Friday afternoon, Hudson got up from a nap and he walks. I was sitting at the kitchen table and he walks over to me and the rash had come back while he was asleep, this rash that had been coming and going. His eyes just have these black circles underneath them. And he looks exhausted. He looks just miserable. And it was like my brain clicked. And I was like, oh, you have leukemia. I mean, oh my I goodness. knew it. Oh, wow. I was like, of course, then I Google what are the symptoms of leukemia? Yeah. And it's like, check, 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 check. Every single one of them. This rash is called petechiae and it's um, blood vessels that are bursting. It's, it's because of low platelets. Mm-hmm. I, I look back and think it was the grace of God. I am not a mom who diagnoses my kids. I'm, I'm just not that mom. No, but not, I'm not either. Um, I don't try. <laughs> I'm just shaking the next morning, you know, calling the doctor. Of course, they like bring us in that morning. The nurse practitioner that we see just says, she listens to me and says, well, we'll run some blood work and we'll see. My pediatrician knew exactly what I was thinking. She pops her head in the door and says, Meredith, I really think this is just a virus. 
don't, I don't want you to panic before you go home. We'll have an answer. It'll take 15 minutes to run this blood work, 15 or 20, 45 minutes later. <laughs> oh, cause they're checking and double checking. 45 yeah. minutes later, my pediatrician and the nurse practitioner come back in the room without a mask on. Mm. And as soon as I saw them without a mask on, I was like, Mm-hmm. I know what you're about to tell me. And, um, sh- you know, the first words out of her mouth were Meredith, this is not what I wanted to see. Yeah. And, um, she had already been on the phone with the oncologist. Oh, wow. And with the hospital. So we went, we went straight to the hospital. We went to just the normal pediatric floor and, um, they drew more blood work as soon as we got there. As soon as they got that blood work back, the, um, I don't even remember if it was the nurse. I don't know who it was. Comes back in the room and says, we have to move you to the ICU. (laughs) We just got here. What? (laughs) And from the time we were at the doctor's office to the time we were at the hospital, which was just an hour, maybe it had gone up so much that um, they were worried. So as cancer cells are breaking down, they're releasing everything that's in those cells, like potassium, sodium, all these things that can start to affect your heart, that can start to affect other organs are just getting dumped into the bloodstream. And so um, they needed to be able to monitor his heart and um, other organ functions. Because that's how fast it was progressing inside his body. Wow, Meredith. It's crazy to me. I mean, like when I say the Lord, like not audibly spoke, but might as well have on that Friday. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. To give you the intuition to not blow it off, right? Like when things happen, I know personally, I try very hard not to go to level 100 because I'm already there because he's already, you know, he, I, I just am trying to take care of that little guy. And so the fact that you're, you're, yeah, the, that you had that Holy Spirit moment that said, mm-hmm. Meredith, this is, this is the thing. And yeah. so you didn't delay. Mm-hmm. I mean, my goodness. Wow. Yeah. So even so from the beginning, even from the beginning, we were, we saw God's hand in it. Yeah. So we were terrified and it was gut wrenching. Yeah. But I think we'd already been through so much with the miscarriages, with the Down syndrome diagnosis, um, with some difficult moves. You know, we've moved several times. It's always hard. Yeah. So many times we've asked the question, why? Why is this happening to me? And Derek and I both, when it came to Hudson having cancer, we never asked that question. And that's not like we're so spiritual. I just think that that was the work of the Lord in our hearts over Mm -hmm. so many years that agree. we just had this peace. I don't know. You were ready for it. It, That sounds real weird to say, but um, you had been prepared for that moment. I was not, there was not a day that I thought he's not going to live. I just mm. never, I didn't, that wasn't a fear I had. Wow. And that's man. again, like just the grace of God. A hundred percent. Oh my goodness. Okay. So whew, you're rushed to the ICU and I know some of these pieces. So let me, let's just string it together for everybody, but you're rushed to the ICU. You're given this aggressive diagnosis. You guys immediately start 
rounds of chemo immediately. Mm -hmm. And so the entire treatment process for HUD was how long? Two and a half years. Well, that's April, May, June, 26 months. Yeah. 26 (laughs) months. Yes. (laughs) And so it's during the peak of COVID. So there's only one parent that can be there different times. Mm -hmm. I remember you were straddling fences and trying to figure out how to be mom to two and mom to one and all the things. So how were your kids dealing through this process? Like, how did you explain? I mean, maybe that that's probably a good left turn just kind of is as the mom's trying to figure out how to even talk to their kids. Was there something that you found was helpful, some resources even that you would suggest? Derek is the one who had to tell them because um, he was the one who was home. And he, he has said it was the hardest conversation he's ever had to have in his life was having to tell Ben and Mabry, their brother, who they thought was fairly healthy, left to go to the doctor and now is not coming home for weeks. Yeah. I, yeah. And the, um, and the feelings that come with that, right? There's not a good answer to that question. I think you just try to keep talking to them and listening to them. That's a great answer, Mary. Share those just things. Keep- keep the lane open, right? So you get through, you're trudging along, right? Your family's trudging along. And and guys, you know, again, the reason why I know this, Meredith was, um, it was extremely transparent with your circles on um, various social media platforms in an effort to ask for prayer, right? And I could tell too, Meredith, that was a way for you also, I won't say therapeutic, but in some ways I could feel that, right? Like, let me just get some feelings you out. and different. Yep, I'm, I'm, processing and I'm not a verbal processor. I'm like, what is that? Oh. A process by writing. <laughs> yes, it was really and a lot of great feelings um, that helped us as your people kind of understand. And then as you got towards the end, so um, as you as we've said already, like Hudson made it through and he and he's and he's thriving now. Right. But that process, how has it changed your family and where are you guys now? I think there are things that we don't take for granted that that I think we would otherwise like he was in Hudson was in the hospital with COVID over Christmas of 2020. And he was in there for 11 days. And your kids just start to shine in these moments. Ben and Mabry both said, we didn't prompt this. They said, we don't want to open Christmas presents until Hudson's home from the hospital. And we would never have asked that of them <laughs> or knew right. they were capable of that. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's definitely, I mean, that little close knit of those three, yeah. right? Like that's pretty cool. Yeah. They're really close. The, the, now they fight. Oh, sure. Close and fight are <laughs> not the they same. They are thing. very close. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, I think when you as a family just have to, juggle difficult things like that. Um, Now, I'm not saying we did it perfectly, but I just think your, your kids see you at your worst because you, your resources for hiding that (laughs) are just non-existent (laughs) when they can see you at your worst, but then you can still come back and laugh again and, Talk about what you're grateful for again. I mean, that's just life. I hope we're just teaching them how to walk through life, that there's difficult things that are going to happen, that they they don't have to be that they're not. The, that's not the end of the story. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's not, no. Oh my goodness. And then, you know, the statistic rates are super high, Meredith, for those of us who have a kid with special needs and, and marriages that don't quite make it. Mm-hmm. And then you add on um, folks that are have medical complications, whether they're medically complicated kids or they walk through something like leukemia, the stats get scary. Um, tell me, how did you and Derek navigate that? And, in, and do you have any advice for couples that are in the midst of the storm there? Yeah. So we had things that we did, not even, it's not like we sat around and went, let's brainstorm. How do we keep our marriage strong? It was just like desperation. How do we navigate this? So one thing we did when Hudson was in the hospital, the first time he was in the hospital is, was the longest he ever stayed in the hospital. I think it was two and a half weeks or something like that. And we had this little journal that we would just write notes back and forth in. We traded off nights. That's just how we made it work. Other families, whatever works. (laughs) That's what we did. We traded off notes every night to each other in this little journal. And sometimes it was just, here's what Hudson ate today in case you need ideas for what to order for him to eat. You know, like, let me make your life a little bit easier here. (laughs) Um. We also, um, at the time we lived in Amarillo, Texas, and it's a really dry climate. So you could sit outside at night, just about year round. Um, we would put our kids to bed and just go sit outside and just hang out. And we did that several nights a week. Um, I would say, I think one of the things is not that we don't watch TV. We watch TV and our kids watch plenty of TV but not to make that your go-to at night, yeah. but um, to make it a habit of just spending time together. Derek is really good about praying with me before we go to sleep. And we are always quick to tell people, even that it's not like we're not getting on our knees and spending 30 or 35 <laughs> minutes in prayer. Like it is, he grabs my hand, you know, thank you God for this day. You know, I mean, it is like a brief, mm-hmm. but I just think those things, we were, we were having this conversation last night about there are things that we don't even know that affect our spiritual lives in good and bad ways. And those little 30 second prayers at night, no idea the impact that they're having yeah. on our marriage. So how is all of these plot twists, if you will, mm-hmm. um, how has it set you up for the woman you are today? Well, I, I don't feel like I have arrived in any way. <laughs> Nor do I, sister. <laughs> if anything, it has just humbled me to go, I cannot do this on my own. And the second I start to think that I have it figured out or I can do it, man, God is quick to step in and make sure mm. in one way or another. <laughs> Same girl. Same girl. <laughs> I don't keep thinking that. Oh, man. I hear you. No, I, I, um, Clearly, you've um, your perspectives are definitely you can hear it in your voice and how you share, right? Like your priorities and even the things that maybe feel a little less important, right? It's yeah. it's just it, it kinda, changes your priorities. Having yeah. a kid with Down syndrome changes your priorities oh, from day one because they're not going to be successful in the ways that the world expects. Not in the same way, no. But they are going to be successful in ways that maybe the world should 
value more compassion and forgiveness and love. And man, like he teaches us every day how to be more patient and kind and gentle and merciful and forgiving. And like we, my husband will say to people, and I agree with him that um, we all as humans, we all bear the image of God. We are image bearers. And he will say, it's like Hudson just bears God's image a little better than Mm. we do just because of those things, because he's so quick to forgive and so loving and merciful. And um, that's what he means by that. Not that Mm -hmm. he's perfect. He's not. No, 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 no. I (laughs) I know what you mean. Yeah, no, that's that's a really beautiful way to say it. Okay, Uh, Meredith, if anybody wants to reach out to you and talk to you in the future or they're walking through this and um, they need some help or, you know, just to compare some notes, how's the best way for them to get in touch with you? Um, I am on Instagram. You okay. have my Instagram. I do. I, I will put that in the notes below. Do you respond yes. well to that? We'll do that. Okay. Uh, I'm on Instagram. Um, I don't even mind if you share my email. Okay. I'll um, do that as well. Uh, Meredith, I just, I want to tell you friend, like I, um, so back up. When I was in junior high and through high school, Meredith was always that really cool older sibling of one of my, um, I guess, people in my youth group. And you were always so sweet to me. She would let me ride with her to certain things. I thought she was the coolest chick on the planet. But I also watched you um, just navigate things beautifully. And it left an impression on me, Meredith. You were always so even and, um, and you had a level head on yourself, even at that age. And I just, when I say you helped me in my Christian, you really did. You showed me how, um, loving Jesus could look different than maybe what I had seen in other people. So that's something that's I just want to say. That's the best thing anybody Thank could have you. ever said to me. Thank you. Very much so. And then fast forward, Meredith was one of the first people that reached out to me when I first shared my diagnosis story. And I get emotional because I was so scared and so um, vulnerable, right? And I had this moment where I was like, I need to kind of put this out here on social because I just want, wanted people to pray. And you were one of the very first people to immediately reach out. I, and I just want to tell you, thank you. Like you met me in, in a time where I needed safe people, right? And um, just just thank you for that. So thank you, Meredith. Thanks, Jennifer. It was good to see you. You good to too. Talk.